What if planet Earth is just the escape pod from an even bigger planet? Why can't I reheat rice? All these questions you can find the answer to on This Paranormal Life! Yo! Hey! Welcome to another episode of This Paranormal Life, the weekly comedy podcast where every week we investigate a different paranormal tale, case, or claim and try and get to the bottom of whether it's truly paranormal or not. Uh, as always, you are joined by myself, Mr. Kit Grimalvena, this guy across from me, Mr. Rory Pars. How are you doing today, Rory? I'm doing just great, Kit. Good to be back. We had a, a little hiatus where, uh, like Bruno himself, I went to the dark land and uh, I didn't learn a lot. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, but it is very nice to be back in the uh, the paranormal studios and um, I'm ready. I'm ready to to dive back into the world of spooky creatures and cryptids. But that's right, we are back. And as always, we have a brand new investigation to dive right into. So thank you right off the top to Sam Wood for sending this one in to this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. I knew Sam Wood. You did? You knew sorry, knew? I knew I knew he would send it in. Oh, I thought you meant like you knew him as a person. Well, I also knew him as a person and I knew that he would do it. Because right before I pulled the trigger, I said, make sure you send the email. He's dead he is dead yeah i knew him and i knew that he would die this was his last words like it actually says in the email here tell my wife and kids that i love them and here's a dope tip for an episode thank you thank you our story today takes us to sunnyvale california in what might be our first this paranormal life investigation in silicon valley Ooh, which let's face it is long overdue You know those tech nerds behind all that Woody Allen shit are secretly developing alien technologies. Oh, hell yeah. We've talked about haunted film sets before. It's only a matter of time where you track the trail of ectoplasm and find the source. Exactly. You trying to tell me that you're going to sell your company for a billion dollars and you're not going to try and like reanimate ancient Egyptian mummies or some shit? Of course. You're going to try and put that money to good use. So we're in Sunnyvale, California. Although today, we're not here to talk about Silicon Valley. It's 2007, and Lucy Rogers is up early. She's up even before her alarm clock, because today is important. It's her first day at her new job at the Toys R Us store on El Camino Real. Ooh, alright. So she drives over there and parks outside, excited to meet everyone and put in a great first day. And when she goes inside, she meets her new boss. Hi, you must be Mark. I'm Lucy, the new sales assistant. Ah, uh, yes. You must be the fresh blood. Ah, uh, yeah, nice nice to meet you too. Uh, is there somewhere I can leave my, my things? I heard there's a uniform. So young and full of life. This job changes you, you know, Lucy. Well, yeah, I mean, cha- I mean from, from unemployed to employed, for sure, that's a great start. Sure, but other changes too. Look around you, Lucy. You see Greg over there? Yeah. He used to be full of life and joyful like you. Can I, can I just... Is there like a station? Now he's blind I, in one I, eye. So do I... Am I like in toys or games? Because it seems like it's broken down into departments. And It's I was... all a game, really, Lucy. All of this. Are you Everything my... you see in right. front of you. Are you my boss? Me? Oh, God, no, no, no. I'll, I'll go get him now. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just here to pick up a super soaker for my for my daughter. Yes, of course I'm your boss, Lucy. Jesus. There's a cloakroom over there. Leave your things and get to work. 
So a little weirded out, but fine, Lucy learned some of the ropes and got to work. She's stocking some dolls in one aisle. Specifically those weird dolls <laughs> that can piss. Do you remember these dolls? Yeah. She's my real baby born. Good morning, baby born. Let's go in your potty. Oops, she poops. <laughs> there was a weird point in history where people were borderline obsessed with creating the most realistic dolls to yeah. the point where it was almost it was borderline not fun anymore <laughs> i had a i had a doll that that pissed and you had to feed it as berries as well like every 30 minutes or it cried well, where did the berries go that's what i want to know 20 years <laughs> later i don't know they kind of like they kind of nailed it with furbies right because they were like wacky yeah they required some attention but you could also kind of like chuck him in a closet yeah shut that thing up um and it was fine yeah whereas on, like on some <laughs> level the furby knew it was a furby whereas <laughs> yeah. these dolls were kind of like in the uncanny valley territory yeah at one point it was just borderline a secret operation to create artificial babies i think they shit at one point i think there was one that had like a diaper no. I remember the pissing baby, but I don't remember the shitting baby. I'm going to Google. That might be too far, but I'm going to Google. Well, the, yeah. What's the... Got to be careful. Yeah. Freaking hell. Baby alive. Whoopsie doll do. Whoopsie doodle. Whoopsie doll. <laughs> oh my God. Feed this amazing lifelike doll that eats and shits. See the thing, like, I remember this. This is a mortal. This is a mortal being. This At what point is it not alive? They're just <laughs> shipping children that need adopted to other children's homes. If it looks... Look, this is Roy Power's golden rule, all right? Okay. If it looks like a human and it eats and shits like a human, it's a human, folks. You are now legally responsible <laughs> to raise to know that child. I Rory's silver and bronze rules. That's the golden one. The f***ed up thing is I remember being a kid and those dolls ads being on tv and i remember even as a kid being like this is pretty messed up why does anyone need a doll that that pisses and shits it's really strange isn't it i think there's just an obsession with some people at a young age to just like be a grown-up that's quite a grown-up thing to do is have a baby listen i'd love to be out there playing in the yard uh, with my mom and dad but listen i got a young one here and they're <laughs> pissing and shitting Every five minutes. It's not normal. <laughs> and you know some of those baby dolls were defective and they whoopsie dude in the store before anyone bought them. Uh, here's a pretty great three-star review uh, by K. Cole for the, what did I call this? The whoopsie doo The baby doll? alive whoopsie doo doll. K. Cole, 29th of January, 2010. Can't get her to poop. <laughs> <laughs> K. Cole wrote, this is a cute doll and fun. My seven-year-old likes her a lot, but she doesn't poop. <laughs> it's gross. That's a good thing. <laughs> you've that's got, a great thing. You've gotten the golden child. He says, it's gross, and I know it's gross, but that's why my da daughter wanted it. <laughs> she will pee for you all day long. <laughs> but even with the special juice, we've... <laughs> We've never been able to make her poop. <laughs> I really hope that the special juice is something that comes with the doll and it's not something that's not something that they drink. Is that just coffee? <laughs> it makes you he poop. calls coffee the special juice. 
<laughs> Don't feed a baby special juice. I mean, it's worryingly close to uh, special brew, which is a beer that pretty much exclusively only homeless people drink. <laughs> Even with a venti cup of special juice, <laughs> this baby will not shit. A trendy ice special juice. This baby's like a basketball of iced coffee at this point and it can't poop it's like crying latte <laughs> she's sooner gonna explode than poop a single nug before it learns to poop it can learn to talk <laughs> to say please no more special juice <laughs> dolls were weird man dolls were weird which is what lucy realized as she stocked the shelves of toys r us so the store is pretty quiet at this point and she's stocking these boxes of dolls when she feels a breeze blow on her back. She turns around to see if someone left a door open that she could shut, but not only was there no door, but there was no window. It was just her and the aisle. Weird. She goes back to being busy until she hears, Lucy! She turns. And as there's no one on her aisle, her boss must need her at the checkout or something. But when she gets there, it's clear that no one called for her. And in fact, there was no one anywhere near her aisle in the first place. So she walks back to the aisle with the dolls that can piss and she stops dead. Hold up. The dolls she had been stacking on shelves were not back exactly where they had started. In their shipping box on the ground. Oh, I don't like this. It was as if she had never started stocking them in the first place. Freaked out, she walked quickly to the nearest bathroom to maybe splash some water on her face, try and wake herself up a bit. Had she really slept that badly that she was just imagining things? After washing her hands, she dried them, looked at herself in the mirror, and headed for the door. Right as she reached to open the bathroom door, she heard something behind her. It was running water. When she looked around, she saw in the three sinks, every tap was now running wide open. They had turned themselves on. Enough was enough. She had to work out what was happening. So she found her boss on the shop floor. He was showing someone all the different kinds of Tamagotchis. Mr. Lazarus, sir, do you have a moment? <laughs> Funny, isn't it? The games we play. What? A Tamagotchi's only purpose is to eat, poop, and die. They're just like us, Lucy, the Tamagotchi. Death awaits us all. Sir, some weird stuff has been happening since I got here. Firstly, the taps just turned on, all on their own, and then... I know, Lucy. Everyone here knows. <laughs> Didn't you know? This Toys R Us is haunted! I'm assuming she didn't know. <laughs> she, she, I mean, presumably she didn't need the job that badly. She wouldn't have taken the job. I guess as far as haunted and cursed locations to work, you know, a Toys R Us... It's up there. That's pretty... That's on the, the safe side of saying, of things, I would say. What's the, the bad side of haunted locations? Jesus. I uh, Prison? Oil rig? <laughs> yeah. I mean, a regular prison's a pretty... I guess you just think of a bad place to be anyway, <laughs> and then just add a curse It's just to a it. multiplier. It makes it that much worse. Exactly. Say, like, a, a graveyard keeper in the first place? Yeah. Sure. Throw cursed in there. Yeah. Buried alive, but also That's not there's a, a job, ghost. <laughs> That's just a thing that happens to you. Stabbed and haunted <laughs> is pretty bad as well. But I guess you know a, uh, a haunted Toys R Us. 
Worst case scenario, those toys are coming to life. I mean, yes, you're working for minimum wage. So as long as the ghosts don't take some of your salary, that would really push you into a bad situation. I think it's all about positioning. If you're in a a cursed Toys R Us, head straight to the plushies, my friend. Head straight to the beanbag chairs. You You don't (laughs) need to be in the pissing, shitting, (laughs) baby alive, whoopsie doo dolls. Don't go to whoopsie poo doll. Stay away from the rock'em sock'em robots. <laughs> they will knock you the hell out. For the love of God, stay away from the Beyblades because Jesus, a couple of guys didn't make it back from that shift. What we're dealing with here is a very real, very haunted Toys R Us store in Northern California. Obviously, to protect the anonymity of Lucy Rogers, I made her up. But everything that happened to Lucy, from the moving toys to hearing voices and the running taps, these are all real claims and testimonies from staff members at this Toys R Us store. And a crazy amount of staff members have these stories. Several female employees complained that it sometimes felt like an invisible being was playing with their hair. Oh, that's awful. Other staff talked about children's books falling off racks balls bouncing down the aisles out of nowhere and swing sets swinging on their own you know what the weird thing is these are all things that happen in the toy story movies but because we get to see all the toys chatting and having a fun time it's like a really funny thing you know that like the humans come into the room and all the toys are just lying there like they've been at a town hall meeting. That's so true. But it's like, if, if you cut those movies to all the bits with a toy, where it's <laughs> just, just the a human, human perspective. They're horror movies. They're horror movies. Like Andy's mom puts the bag of toys in the garage and then suddenly the toys are back in the room. Woody's you in your backpack. <laughs> like if you're walking. With just wide open staring eyes. Why do you always do those creepy eyes? That moment where you felt like someone was tugging on your hair, that was Buzz Lightyear swinging across the aisles. That's a very playful scene in in Toy it's Story. Hilarious. That's great. Spanish Buzz Lightyear, hilarious. In real life, you're going to scar these people for life. That's a fantastic point. I didn't I didn't think of this from a Toy Story perspective, which is really where we should be coming from in future. That was always a funny kind of thing that I thought about in those movies was like, they made a huge part in the first Toy Story to kind of like highlight how creepy the toys were that Sid made. Oh yeah. Sid, like where he was making like, you know, it was like a baby's head with spider legs, like mishmash Frankenstein toys and Woody and Buzz and everyone were like, oh my God, you all are freaks. Yeah. When in reality... If Andy had come in and seen Woody with his lasso on the bed, he would have kicked the shit out of that that little cowboy. You know, they're not any better than the weird toys. Any living toy is going to die. It's a mistake. That's <laughs> right. It's an absolute, it's a curse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like the, the toys have age ranges on them. You know, they, they'll have bought Woody because he said ages two to eight If they had known it was an animate, living, breathing, talking man trapped in a toy, that thing would not be suitable for two-year-olds. No way. So yeah, a bunch of weird things going on in the store. One real member of staff called O'Brien had been working there for 18 years when she was interviewed in 2007. She said, many people have experiences, not just one or two of us. He's like Casper 
Nothing he ever does hurt anybody. The folks at Toys R Us have tried to explain it logically, but they can't. O'Brien even claims to have seen the ghost once, when a young man in his 20s or 30s wearing underwear, a long sleeve shirt and a tweed cap walked past her and she heard the sound of galloping horses. Another employee called Lisa said, It's a good ghost. It's fun here. Positive spin, Lisa. I like it. And the paranormal phenomena is extremely varied, from taps to moving toys to apparently some workmen were waxing the store's floor when every aisle they went to, a teddy bear kept following them and just like was lying at the end of the aisle. Apparently aisle 15C is notorious, right between the Mickey Mouse toys and the Batman toothbrushes. It permanently smells of uh, garden flowers. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. Right off the bat, Roy, hearing some of this varied phenomena, like I said, what are your instincts as an investigator? I mean, varied is the word I want to highlight in that sentence, because, um, you know, we had this teed up as a haunted Toys R Us, but at one point in those personnel interviews, they referred to he, the ghost, yeah, uh, as if the phenomenon that was taking place there was a very singular thing. It, it's, yeah. a, it's a male figure. Um, so it's interesting to see... So many things going wrong, but also the understanding that it could just be one entity causing all this trouble, which does make sense. Yeah. You know, because all the other things, you know, toys being unpacked, uh, the taps being turned on. If we're talking about a ghost or a spirit here, that could be uh, him just going around messing with people, uh, trying to freak them out a little bit. We haven't seen like, you know, God forbid, a drone flying itself through the store or like i don't know a stretch armstrong strangling an employee from the shelves that would be you know then we're really dealing with something else we're really dealing with a yeah an an r-rated toy story movie for sure gone out of control you need to start looking up uh the history of the ground you built this toys r us (laughs) on because there's something bigger at play so one of the craziest features of this paranormal case is that it goes way back a full 50 years all the way to the store's initial opening in the 1970s. There are stories of contractors brought in to do work on the property who ran away refusing to finish the job because of something they saw move inside. Needless to say, after so many years of continuous haunting, it didn't take long for paranormal investigators to get involved. In the late 70s, a TV investigation brought psychic medium Sylvia Brown to El Camino Real to see the toy store and try and make contact with the dead. And make contact, she did. Sylvia was able to communicate and see the ghost, where she got his name. Jan Jonny Jonsson, a Swedish preacher. I'm sorry, is something funny, Rory? Jan Jan Jonny Jonsson? Jan Jonny Jonsson. Is something funny? Yeah. This immediately, uh... Well, it's thrown a loop in, in everything. This brought up more questions than it answered, clearly. But uh, when you shut the spell book and leave, <laughs> you're not going to end up finding anything Just good. Just move the Toys R Us. It's not suitable for children, obviously. Jan Yoni Jonsson isn't going anywhere. It's been 50 years. You'd almost rather it be the spirit of Jeffrey the Giraffe <laughs> than someone called Jan Yoni Jonsson. However, Sylvia was able to get a surprising amount of information from this visit. She learned that Jan had come to California from Sweden in the 1800s. 
and on arrival here, would work for room and board in the local farm owned by a family called the Murphys. Sylvia worked out that Jan fell in love with the Murphys' beautiful daughter Elizabeth, but that love was unrequited, and she instead married a lawyer, and he never saw her again, leaving him brokenhearted. I'm really hoping that toys are going to work their way into this story. Then, one day, as Jan was chopping wood, his axe slipped and gouged his leg, causing him to bleed out right there on the farm. Oh, shit. The land which he has been roaming ever since. The land which Sylvia believed has become Silicon Valley's premium location to buy toys. Wow, okay. No toy relation at all. That's a shame, but that makes more sense, probably. Does that story make sense to you in any way? I think so. You know what? There were two ways that that was going to play out. And one was going to be that she married a lawyer and stole all of his toys. (laughs) So now he roams the store looking for deals uh, on the hottest toys. Uh, That was probably the bad way it could have gone. Sure. It makes a lot more sense. Uh and shows a lot more parallels to previous investigations that we've done for it to be that this was the plot of land where uh, befell this misfortune. Because um, that's what we see in pretty much all of our haunting cases. Stone memory, as we like to call it, <laughs> where the memories and tragedies of the deceased bleed into the environment. I think we call it rock theory or stone theory. Either one is a great name for a heavy metal band. It's so true. <laughs> so that's this is good. This is, you know, we're right on the, the track of investigating where we're finding out a reason for it. Now we're at the point where we need to get some evidence for it. It's a f- miracle that we're not at the double no territory just yet. Already. The f- up thing was a lot of this story is real the store really is built on what was old farmland land that a murphy family lived on they were a famous irish immigrant family very beloved influential and wealthy their daughter was called elizabeth and she did marry fun fact for anyone who lives in the los altos area but elizabeth avenue is actually named after this elizabeth However, this is where the picture becomes hazy. Maybe because he was a traveler, there aren't any records of Jan living or working there, and certainly not dying there. However, there are records of several Swedish farmhands at the time, so it's not impossible. I realize this is a lot to take in. So thankfully, Rory, we have a recording of that TV investigation segment so we can see exactly what they did to make contact with Jan. It's always nice to hear that, yes, some tragedy did take place on the location at which the ghost has been seen. But I'm just going to say it right now, guys. Do you know how old the Earth is? (laughs) It's pretty old. Pretty damn old. Something bad has happened everywhere. Every square inch. In every corner of every room. There was probably a Victorian peasant (laughs) beheaded in my bathtub. Bad things That's have a happened location. in my apartment just in the time that I've lived here, which is like <laughs> three months. We haunt our own apartments every day with our ghoulish Northern Irish faces. <laughs> I think it's quite funny to that, um, yes, we do have some history uh, relating to the location of which this Toys R Us is located. But um, yeah, we definitely need we need stronger evidence of the fact that a tragedy took place. We need we need to like 
dig up the Toys R Us floorboards and find the bones of an ancient pharaoh. You know, we need the the physical juice. So I'm glad that we're getting uh, a bit of um, a bit of a look at the video investigation. Let's see what you make of this. Weeks ago, we did a ghost story that really got to us. So we decided to look into it further. This seemingly normal toy store is a popular place for local kids. There are those who claim that it's a favorite haunt of a very playful ghost. It's at night, after closing time, when the toy store becomes most haunted. Could a ghost be lurking here in this irresistible playground? <laughs> a psychic named Sylvia Brown believes she made contact Some pretty creepy with the ghost shots here. As yeah. He walked down the hall towards me. Kept saying, uh, have mercy on me, Beth. Uh, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. There were a lot of professional camera people here, and they actually caught the uh, person on film. And this was in the presence of, oh, maybe 15, 16 people that knew that there was no one walking down that aisle at that particular time. So it was validated not only by the camera people, but by the uh, people that were there. Could this be the ghost that's believed to haunt the toy store? The idea of uncovering a real ghost is fascinating. Toy store employees were curious, so they did some research. The toy store is located on the exact spot where this house once stood. It was built in the late 1800s by a prosperous settler named Martin Murphy. It was easy to guess that Murphy might be the ghost, but Sylvia Brown had a psychic sense of another name. I kept picking up this... Uh, Johnny Johnson, or Johnny Johnston. <laughs> Further research revealed that a local circuit preacher sometimes lived on the Murphy farm. His name was John Johnson, and he had fallen in love with Martin Murphy's daughter, Elizabeth. Johnson often worked on the farm to pay for his room and board. Unfortunately, Elizabeth paid little attention to him. One day while chopping wood, Johnson badly slashed his leg. We simulated the moment when, unable to move or get help, he bled to death. Bleeding to death is, I've talked to doctors that I do work with, and that's really not that painful. It's sort of a slow tiredness. So he probably doesn't even realize he is dead. <laughs> we have several letters on file from medical doctors and professors attesting to Sylvia Brown's psychic ability. Both Sylvia and the toy store employees were... Why are these guys, like, hugging? This is so weird. <laughs> we had to investigate further. We hired a professional photographer who knew nothing about our story. Then we held our own incredible seance. On the night of August 5th, the seance took place. The seance members gathered in an aisle. Bill Tidwell of Alpha Photo in Oakland was in charge of photography. Both of these cameras are 35-millimeter single-end reflex cameras. One of them set up with black and white infrared film. The other one's set up with a very high speed uh, black and white film that takes pictures almost in complete darkness. Now Sylvia makes contact with the ghost. Okay, all right, I, I, I really feel him now. I think he's in the back. Yeah, he's beginning to walk. Yeah, now he's coming very, very quickly. Just moving along to the right, turning his head now towards me. Johnny, come, uh, or Yanni, come towards me this way a little bit. Uh, he's got his hands in his pockets. He's looking down at his feet. Yeah, if you want to. He says if he kneels down, would it be easier for me to see him? Yes, why don't you? 
Do you see Beth amongst uh, any of the people? Not now. You thought she came in. Okay. No, I, I don't know of any Beth in the group. Uh, you're thinking of Beth Murphy, the girl you loved. John, you can find Beth if you just go on to the other side. I, you really are caught in a time framework. It's kind of a hard thing to explain to a, to a ghost. You are dead, sir. It was nice of you to come to see us. Mm -hmm. I, I will come back again. Take care of yourself. May you find peace, uh, Johnny. Yeah, he's, uh, he's going around the corner. That's very sad. These photographs were taken during the time that Sylvia Brown is talking to the ghost of John Johnson. The photograph in this proof sheet was taken with infrared film at the same time the photograph on this proof sheet was taken with high-speed film. The incredible thing is that the enlarged infrared photograph shows a shadowy figure standing at the back of the picture that does not show up in the photographs taken with high-speed film. My assistant and I do not remember anyone standing in this position while wow. Sylvia was talking to the ghost of John Johnson. And we cannot explain why a figure that appears in an infrared photograph does not appear in a photograph taken at virtually the same instant with high-speed film. These are the photographs taken that night. Fair play. Now remember, Sylvia had no way of knowing what pictures the camera was taking. These two pictures were taken less than a second apart. In the first one, the aisle is empty. Then suddenly a figure appears in the second. Now you heard the photographer say he couldn't explain the pictures, but this ghost story is one to think about. So, Rory, what do you think of that photographic evidence? What what year did you say this broadcast was from? Uh, this was the late 70s, I want to say. I'd say like 78, 79, something like that. I can't believe that a seance and an investigation that old is maybe the best I've ever seen before. <laughs> that might genuinely be the best evidence towards <laughs> a ghost or a spirit that I've ever seen before. I don't know if it was like the old school pacing of the presenting yeah. and how it's written. Like, they're not trying to, like, sex it up at all. They're just like, this is what we did. This is what happened. This is what it looks like. This is what we saw. There was many people present. None of them paid by the studio. Just people who wanted to be there and see it. That's wild. I've never seen so much convincing evidence from a, uh, a, a ghost case before. And to describe for the people listening, I, I realize it's probably frustrating to hear us uh, seeing these images. But basically, as they said, using two different types of film, they took two photos less than one second apart. It shows basically people sitting on either side of a hallway and nothing in the hallway. Less than a second later, there is the figure of very clearly a tall man in the hallway. Yeah. Have I been gone too long? Like, that's good evidence, right? <laughs> <laughs> or am I just, am I I just forgotten? <laughs> Maybe I just got so numbed by paranormal cases over, like week by week by week. Could have been photoshopped. Yeah, blah, blah. It's obviously lying. It's obviously lying. And as soon as I detox for two weeks and come back, I'm like, it's, it's all a yes. real. 
Double yes from me! <laughs> this is crazy. I thought one of the cool things about that piece of evidence was that, as the host explained, Sylvia did not know what the cameras would pick up. She was in a dark room and she said, he's walking towards us. Then she said, yeah, if it would be easier for you to kneel so that we could see you, yeah, that would be fine. And then she said he eventually walked away down the, the corridor or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, he didn't appear as a f spider and then descended <laughs> from the roof or something. Like, pretty much what she explained actually turned up on film. Yeah. And as you said, it was all kind of broken down into departments. So it's like the guy who was in charge of photography... I mean, you heard his voice. He could not give a shit about what he was there to do. He just very, like, <laughs> blandly was like, this is a high-speed camera. This is, uh, I guess, what, like, whatever, infrared or whatever he said. And uh, I'm just going to take some pictures over here. I mean, you he guys... He wasn't, like, a paranormal investigator or something. Oh, yeah. Like, you guys couldn't see him, but he was a normal guy. Very normal. He, he, if, if he had opened his mouth and he started quacking like this, <laughs> we would have been in trouble, but he didn't. Yeah, I don't know what it was, like... Fair play to them. That was very convincing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This summer, you need clothes that you can wear anywhere. For that, look to American Giant t-shirts, shorts, jeans, and sweatshirts. American Giant makes everything in the USA. So when you buy, you create jobs and improve local communities all across the country. Shop summertime closet staples at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your order when you use code WA23 at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com with promo code WA23. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, this year has gone by so quickly. What's something that you're proud of in 2024 Ooh. so far? Go! Mm, okay, uh, well, I managed to capture a deadly cryptid and lock it in my basement. Okay, and tell me, did mm. you take time to celebrate that win? Ah, uh, yeah, not really. Uh, I'm scared if I let my guard down, it'll escape. In life, it's important that we slow down, acknowledge our progress, and set goals that inspire us. I can't even sleep at night. I'm so scared this thing is going to break out. When it comes to finding time for ourselves and our goals... BetterHelp can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. You can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. It's time to take a moment and celebrate your wins. What if the win you're celebrating is so big, no basement can hold it? Okay, you might need to move house. Huh? But for everyone else, there is BetterHelp. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash ParanormalLife today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ParanormalLife. Apparently also, 10 of the 16 people present that night for the seance reported a high-pitched buzzing noise while Sylvia was communicating with the ghost. And one other slightly interesting piece of information is that Elizabeth Murphy's family in this story in reality, did endure quite a lot of tragedy after all this supposedly happened. 
her whole family died pretty young and there was a number of gas explosions in a well on their farm <laughs> that killed a couple people. So I'm not saying that Jan Jon Jonsson did it or anything, but, um, you know, some weird stuff happened over the years. How many gas explosions were there? Two, that... I think. Okay, right. <laughs> like for it to be required to be mentioned in this story, that's a lot of gas explosions. I think the story was one person died down the well in a gas explosion and then another person went looking for them and needed to obviously see where they were going so lit a match in the well and uh the rest is history getting some real uh money pit vibes <laughs> from this well where a series of people all died trying to rescue people from the pit <laughs> that's a great episode make sure to check that one out can't promise that it's a yes but uh you know <laughs> Of course, when researching the paranormal, there are always two possible stories here, right? Two paths in the woods. One leads to a dark, twisted, f***ed up cave, and the other leads to, let's face it, back to the boring car park where you came from. What I'm trying to say is there's always a mundane explanation for anything that happens. In this case, some believe that there is no ghost, that there is absolutely no basis for people's stories. Instead, that it's just a legend that freaks people out, creating some kind of self-fulfilling prophecy. So when they visit the store, they see something, and then they say, that's the ghost I've always heard about. Right, right. At one point, the store's director, Stephanie Lewis, said to the press, It's very good publicity for us, but I personally don't believe in it. Is it possible that the whole story is just a way of getting people to visit the store and sell more toys? Quite possibly, yeah. Because I guess, like... I mean, their target audience is children. This does seem like the kind of thing that chi children aren't quite smart enough to know the dangers of the paranormal. Sure. That's why in all those fables, they're always doing dumb shit, like making fun of witches. Going into the cursed woods, whatever Going into the cur whatever their parents say don't do, they're basically doing it. Yeah. So if you hear that there's like a haunted Toys R Us, day one that that's is where you're like, gonna buy your pokemon cards exactly because you want those sweet ghastlies and haunters yeah that is fair in my mind kids are a little too young to understand the appeal of this right but i guess those years of like 10 through 15 like i guess you still want like kind of toys whether it's pokemon cards right down to like you know action man you want that stuff and you are kind of into this kind of thing i guess yeah i was trying to think when i stopped being into toys yeah i but... guess i was probably quite late probably later than people <laughs> seeing as my job pretty much sure, now is to play with toys sure <laughs> i used to um when i was growing up i used to every christmas my grandparents uh would give me and my brother and my sister christmas money sure and it was kind of like it was the big treat you know, because we weren't like a particularly wealthy family. So every Christmas you got like a bit of Christmas money from your grandparents. And every year we would do a big family trip to Toys R Us. Wow. And, you know, we, we were in Northern Ireland. So I think like going to Toys R Us was maybe like a three hour drive. <laughs> there was maybe one. I was going to say, I, I've <laughs> never gone to this store. There was like w one or two in Northern Ireland. It was super far away, but you made like a whole day of it. I you think know? we had a Babies R Us, but no Toys yeah, R Us. Weirdly, yeah, weirdly, yeah. 
And I remember towards the end of my uh, love affair with Toys R Us, mm-hmm. I weirdly got super into spy toys. <laughs> of course. Which was like a whole thing. Oh, like that, night vision goggles. Yeah. Stuff that shit has no place in a toy store, really. No, I don't know if it was like Spy Kids, the movie that kind of kicked all that off. True. But for a while, like every, I guess for like toys marketed to boys, it was all spy toys. Like in your Happy Meal, you would get like yeah, like night vision goggles, you, which that, were just like, binoculars with a flashlight on top. You get a f- balaclava, like gloves <laughs> to cover up your fingerprints. I, I remember A lot that. of shit you shouldn't have in Northern Ireland, by the way. <laughs> it's not a good idea. I remember that era so vividly. It was like, I remember, yeah, like playing tom clancy's splinter cell on xbox and simultaneously like yeah my little brother getting like shitloads of spy toys what a bizarre time i remember at one point it peaked when my entire bedroom had a laser defense motion system (laughs) where if anyone entered the front door alarms would go off It did. It had like a motion. I guess it was like a motion pack that you would put on the door handle. So if someone moved it like the faintest bit, (laughs) the only person it would ever be is your mom. (laughs) And you're like, you're allowed, mom, because you clean my room. (laughs) Yeah, everyone was allowed in my room. There was was no one that shouldn't have been there. So I said a perfectly good actual burglar alarm system. Like your room wasn't doing much for the overall security of the house. (laughs) In hindsight, I can't believe my parents weren't more worried about me opening my bedroom door, alarms going off, and I'm behind my bed in a night vision goggle headset. Your parents are just like, do you think he's smoking weed? It's like, he isn't cool enough for that shit. God, I wish he was. (laughs) Yeah, they're like in bed at night being like, do you think he's smoking weed? I don't know. Rory, are you smoking weed? You just hear the Sam Fisher night vision goggles in the corner. No, I'm 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 doing good. All right, sure. <laughs> I'm not here. I told you. The problem with this idea of using the ghost story as publicity to sell more toys is that if that was the idea, the store went out of business two years ago. Oh no! Wait, I, two years ago was in 2018. 2018. It had a good run. It did have a good run. I was very curious to see if whatever business replaced the Toys R Us store also became haunted. So instead of flying to Northern California, I did the next best thing. I dropped the little yellow Google Maps Street View guy in there. I walked around the building. I zoomed in on my web browser to see if I could see any ghosts in the windows right. of the Toys R Us. It's still a Toys So nothing's been built on it? It's just like now an empty Toys R Us? <laughs> there is still no business there, to my knowledge. There is just on Google Street View, just a faded Toys R Us sign. That is so much more creepy. Now I really want to go. And sadly, I could not see any paranormal activity on Street View. Damn. So Rory, I feel like after all this investigation, we're left with a mixed bag. But at the end of the day, we do have to decide if this is truly paranormal or not. So what are you saying? I loved this case. I, again, I don't know whether it's because we've been gone for so long or whether or not that genuinely was very convincing paranormal evidence. I don't think I've ever been on the fence so much with a case about ghosts. Usually the ghost case are the ones that I can pretty... I, I mean, I've tuned out within the first five <laughs> minutes. I'm borderline asleep. 
uh, right after we do the intros. That's great to know. Thanks. Yeah, bro. it's more. I mean, most of your episodes, I'm just you know, I'm on a beach in the Bahamas, pretty much from the get go. Really, uh, mentally, just on autopilot, completely zoned out. Because you do some pretty good like monologues, like bits. Some pretty, you know, really. Cause that's, I'm, that's news to you? Yeah, I mean, I'm gone until I hear. I mean, the my word. stories are fifty percent of this paranormal life, so <laughs> it's quite a lot of time for you to not be mentally present. I've actually uh, been training with a hypnotist for the last couple of years, really, so that uh, whenever I hear the word shoutouts, I kind of snap back to reality, and I'm back in the room. That's and I'm ready the to bit go. that you think you need to be mentally present for. Well, just you know, take, taking her home, land in the craft. You know, it's like flying a plane these days because you gotta i would take say, off and you gotta land because everywhere in between is just peanuts and tiny wines my friend <laughs> because i would say that that is absolutely the least important bit of the entire episode so your priorities are completely backwards there well luckily i've snapped out of the uh the trance <laughs> and i'm here for the conclusion you must have like you, you must have said something that sounded like shout outs because i pretty abruptly almost inception style <laughs> came to from the dream like I was f- being dunked in a cold water bath. So I'm back in the room right now, ready to conclude. The weird thing is, is this is a paranormal case where I love the evidence, but the actual backstory of the suffering and how the ghost got there and why he would still be here is quite two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the times we have these much more elaborate, much more incredible stories that maybe span years or generations where the ghost appears in many forms, uh, but then there's almost zero evidence. It's hearsay. It's all the other uh, points of the golden pyramids of truth. But in this case, we have kind of a, not a boring story, but it's kind of like, you know, it's nothing really extraordinary. But then we have this incredible physical evidence which is totally flipping the script. So, man, I'm I'm confused. I don't know where to land. It definitely calls into question what makes a ghost story believable because yeah, there are some holes in what Sylvia's been saying. I mean, as the investigator said, they actually can't find any any written evidence of the existence of Jan Yoni Jonsson. No <laughs> f- shit. There's no evidence. <laughs> but in some ways it doesn't matter really who the spirit of the dead man is he might be from the other side of the world the point is that they got some supposedly some evidence of photographing a ghost yeah does it matter which farmhand it was from the 1800s not really i mean that's it if a guy died because he stubbed his toe in the 1800s (laughs) it doesn't matter as long as you have a picture of him checking out furbies in aisle seven (laughs) From the from the afterlife, and in that's some, a good paranormal story. And in some ways, this story is maybe that like much more believable because this is such an incongruous location for a ghost, a Toys R Us, Bet- between and I quote <laughs> the Mickey Mouse plushies and the Batman toothbrushes. I feel like I'm losing my mind, but I'm edging towards being convinced on this case that there's something paranormal going on here. I say. We don't give ghost stories enough of a chance. We've, I think it's fair to say we've had a negativity bias towards the ghost story on this paranormal life. Very and true. whenever we are faced with believable evidence, and what can I ask for more here? I want more believable evidence. That's not fair to these investigators. Uh, it's not <laughs> fair to the people who have looked into this and written about it and told these stories for, for decades. So 
I am going on the line today to say that this is a yes. I believe there's something paranormal going on at the Toys R Us on El Camino Real in Sunnyvale, California. F*** it. Double yes. Let's do this. As you said, you know, we can't conclude every ghost story we investigate <laughs> by saying we need physical evidence. And then the one time we get physical <laughs> evidence, we shit on it. <laughs> because... <laughs> Like that, the story would just be, we don't like ghosts. We don't believe them. Exactly. It's not the point. I mean, for all intents and purposes, we have a picture of a ghost here. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much as physical as the evidence gets, unless he wants to show up and slap me. Which, I mean, he's yanking women's hair, so. He's crossed that line before. So what we need is for this Toys R Us in Sunnyvale to turn into some kind of other store. It doesn't really matter. It could yeah. be uh, a Starbucks. It could be uh, Wendy's. It could be a sex shop. It doesn't matter. We will go. We will try and encounter this ghost firsthand. Look, I'm not, I don't I haven't done a lot of research on the land, but if that plot is up for sale, I mean, things have been, been getting kind of <laughs> hot recently with our current, uh, tenancy for the this paranormal life commune we've been sure. we've been sure, looking sure, sure. for a new location uh, haunted toys r us are you kidding me that's the dream right there enough toys to last all winter enough ghosts what are we burning <laughs> the toys <laughs> why why would you need more toys in winter <laughs> it's the most boring month it keeps everyone entertained month? i guess it is a month in california it'll make good presents for christmas as well we won't have to worry about that so true it just sounds so weird enough toys to last all winter i'm just saying we should look into whether or not this land is is up for grabs or down for keeps because if it's up for grabs these hands are gonna get gonna get two fistfuls of furby up in here i want that land so hopefully we can acquire this plot uh guys and hopefully you will be able to join us there let us know what you thought of this story at this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for sending in your suggestions. Um, that's where we get all our ideas from at the moment. So please keep sending them in. As always, you can follow us on socials as well. Twitter.com forward slash this paralife. Facebook.com forward slash this paranormal life. Remember to check out the Secret Society on Facebook too. Um, it's a great place to hang out and meet other like-minded members of this paranormal life commune. And aside from the usual places, Twitter, Facebook, uh, you can also find us on Reddit. If you are uh, inclined to surf Reddit, please check out our subreddit. Um, I believe that is just reddit.com forward slash r forward slash this paranormal life. Oh, yeah. Lots of cool cats and cool kittens hanging out over there talking about the paranormal. I love it. I feel bad. I don't I don't. They're like my uh, my secret family that I don't visit enough. <laughs> And like, I'll, I'll like tune in sometimes and like see how everyone's doing and they don't recognize old Papa anymore because I've been, I've been too busy looking at the YouTube or the Twitter or whatever it is. So second secret family, I see you and I love you. Yeah. You know, you, that's, it's the family you, sure you spend some time with, but you don't take any photos with them. I can't God, take, no. God, I can't no. take any photos with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to, you know, Junior, don't point that camera away. Point, point the camera away, Junior. And we don't think we've mentioned it on the podcast so far, but This Paranormal Life is also available on YouTube. Woo! We are now uploading the podcast not only to SoundCloud and to iTunes, Spotify, and so on, but also to YouTube. So if that's somewhere you hang out, let's face it, I know a lot of you guys, you're listening to this at work. This is maybe a handy uh, place to, to catch This Paranormal Life during the week. 
head on over there and subscribe to make sure you don't miss a single episode. But as always, the mothership, the final destination, I've listed so many possible (laughs) destinations for This Paranormal Life. The mothership, of course, is patreon.com forward slash This Paranormal Life. This is the site that makes it all possible. This is the community who is at the front lines, (laughs) machine guns in hand, uh, facing every paranormal case head on on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life for five bucks a month you can get access to bonus episodes which cover the too hot for tv cases that we don't do in the normal uh feed for 20 bucks you can get a this paranormal life commune uniform t-shirt and you know in the end kid and i yeah we're podcast hosts but we're also basically just whoopsie poo baby dolls you put the money in our mouths and we shit out a podcast That's all it is at the end of the day. And the $20, that's the special juice. (laughs) That's the special juice. And yeah, for the last week, nay month, we haven't been able to poop. No. (laughs) But we're back in the game. We're very excited to be drinking that special juice, which I'm assuming is Lombardi. And we have a, a ton of great episodes being pulled out of our ass. There was probably a more gracious way to, to word that. It sounds a little clumsy. I don't think there is. And at the end of every episode, we like to take the time to shout out those who've supported us on Patreon. Let's go. Thank you to Lauren Kelleher. No one Telleher, but Lauren Kelleher is a stand-up gal. Ooh, very nice. Like stand-up comedy or just like a nice person? You don't know? Is she nice or does she do performing comedy on stage? Well, sure, a bit of both. I, okay. I guess, but... um. Yeah, Lauren is a fantastic stand-up comic, but it it, it it is just technically stand-up comedy. She refuses to stand while she does it. Um, she does the entire thing on the floor. But um, huh. you know, the lack of the lack of body language, I think, actually makes it even more special. Highlights the jokes. I like it. Thank you to Andrew DeForge. May DeForge be with you, Andrew, now and always. Thank you to Natasha Goldenberg. You've heard of a iceberg. Meet a Goldenberg. Wow. Just uh, a, a nugget of gold the size of a mountain? You know, the, an iceberg sunk the Titanic. A Goldenberg could honestly sink the earth. It might just <laughs> plummet into the vacuum of space and time. It's pretty dangerous stuff. Thank you to Harry Dawson. You've heard of Dawson's Creek. Mm-hmm. This is Dawson's beak. Because <laughs> <laughs> Harry's a bird. A bird? How does he listen to the show? Don't birds have ears? Do they? Well, they must, right? <laughs> I guess. They get scared when I yell. But not Harry. He enjoys when we yell on this paranormal life. Um, thanks for tuning in, Harry. Where the f*** is a bird's ear? Thank you to Ian Hall. More like Ian Cuckoo! Another bird oh! listener. And that's right. I just got one question for you, my friend. Where are your ears? I don't have honestly no idea. Don't understand how you guys are enjoying the cast this much. Do you just put an AirPod in your beak? It just vibrates through their <laughs> skull? Hard to know. Thank you also to Antonis Theodoru. Antonis, they adore you. The people, that is. And that is because you're a kind leader. You are. I mean, granted, he's thrown many, many of his people into the lion pits. Um, and the the lions gotta eat, man. It's true. So he's kind to the lions. This is what we're saying. You know, they they adore the lions. Adore you for this. <laughs> Thank you also to Andrew Lubson. 
Andrew Lubson, do you want to go to the pub, son? <laughs> First round's on me. The other's on you, brother, because I am fresh the out of the of balloons. The of the, the rounds are on you. Yeah, I need, just need to get you tipsy enough also, with round can I, one. <laughs> can I get an advance on the first round? <laughs> we pay for round one with his Patreon contribution. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that, that covered one pint we'll share. <laughs> Thank you to Frida Elise Galpin. You can catch Frida Elise Galpin through uh, the fields on any given day um not because she's a fantastic horse rider sadly she fell off the horse and got her foot tangled in the horse's straps and she's actually just being dragged along and has been for uh weeks actually no one can slow the horse down luckily she's being dragged through i mean just really plentiful farms right so she's being very well fed as she tumbles through the fields so she's managed to stay alive by just grabbing passing carrots tomatoes and every couple hours they just divert the horse into a stream she gets a gulp of water gulp of water a little shower she's having a pretty good time actually better time than i'm having thank you to michael mcgraw Michael McGraw, more like Michael Kaka. That's right, our third little bird. And granted, we don't know shit about birds because we just call them all birds. Exactly. Uh, there's like city bird, country bird, and then I think ground bird. Wind bird, fire bird. <laughs> but my question to all the bird people out there remains. Where are your ears, sir? Thank you to Hillary Corduff. They call her Hillary Capillary because she is a vampire who loves that blood, my friend. Jeez. Exactly. Every bite is the perfect location. Sometimes bad vampires gotta chomp down a, a couple times, you know, and try and find... Oh, she's like a f- sniper, a technician. <laughs> she knows where to go. She's got a red dot sight strapped to her chin, so she hits it every time. You know, you can hear her coming because of the, the uh-oh, the Tom Clancy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Maddie Hansen. Maddie Hansen is mighty handsome. You know the way they say handsome people are a, a dish? Yes. Maddie's a literal dish. Oh. A literal like plate, a... A, a serving tray of some kind. So not even food. No, no, Just no. Just the plate. The actual serving mechanism. They're a plate. That is right. They are a plate of a person. Where are your ears? Thank you to Holly Clark. Holly Clark, she is a spark in the dark. That is right, Holly herself is a firework. She spends most of her life dormant, but the second she moves, she explodes. But boy, is it beautiful. What a sight. She might actually not be uh, around to hear this, because last time I talked to her, I just lit the fuse and walked away. So, Holly... You lit the fuse, that seems rude. Sometimes, you know, she needs a little push in life to get going. Holly, I hope you had a good show. Uh, Glad you're enjoying the podcast. Thank you also to Tabitha Capitz. Oh, crap it. Tabitha. That's what wow. everyone says. That's really rude, actually. When she writes, they go, oh, crap, it's Tabitha. Because Tabitha is that person in the group that just spoils everything. Game of Thrones, Star Wars, you know? Okay, you know, all like, its shows. Interesting. She, yeah, they're just like, I've seen it! I've seen it, and this is how it ends. But also life, you know, she'll be like, Hey, I died. I died for a few <laughs> seconds once. I know what happens. Oh, come on, Tabitha. No spoilers. Is there an afterlife? No. No. Worm food. Oh, come on, Tabitha. Which is actually what she said about Game of Thrones as well. <laughs> they were like, does Jon Snow come he, come back? No. Worm, worm food. But <laughs> well, she was wrong. He came back, didn't he? <laughs> Thank you to Jenna Kate. 
Jenna Kate, the dinner plate. <laughs> That's right, another dish. What? Literal uh, plate of a person um, on Patreon. Don't know how that. Don't know how that happened. Two plates and no food. <laughs> Welcome to the paranormal commune. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's, that's the, this final life commune version of two girls, one cup, two plates, no, no food. food. Two plates, no <laughs> eggs. <laughs> the least sexy version. That's that's the porn available <laughs> in the commune. Because even in the commune, there are no dreams. There are no fantasies. Thank you to David Webb. David, I hope you don't get caught in your web, a.k.a. your nest, you little bird bastard. I hope you're enjoying the show. I hope that you're, you know, what do birds do? Don't they, like, chew stuff up and put it in their little birds' mouths? With yeah, worms, exactly do that. Okay, I hope yeah. you're doing that, but with our podcast, to your, your baby birds, just spreading it down the line. We appreciate it. Thank you to Alexander. Alexander likes to wander. But uh, don't wander too far, Alexander, because you get in dangerously close to the This Paranormal Life master quarters mm-hmm. uh, of the commune, and we wouldn't want you to... Listen, we wouldn't want you to, you know, to... Uh, how is best to say this? Uh, get above your station in life, because... You, that was a bad way to say that. That shouldn't are, have been the best way to say that. How do I, how do I put this kindly in a way that is inclusive to the commune you are a peasant alexander and you are wandering towards the king's quarters Uh, it's a little aggressive let's slow this down you're a valued member of the alexander you're a valued member of the commune where we are all equal so make sure to well some are a little more equal than others granted because why would why would we have the giant beds and master quarters if not for there being some difference in equality. Okay, yeah, sure, fair enough. And he was wandering a little close to the tower of the commune, which guards the two plates where no peasants are allowed near. Because the day that food returns to the commune, we want plates to be ready. Thank you to J.R. Wilson. Well, if it isn't J.R., the A.R. Wilson. This guy's a crack shot with an assault rifle and just the kind of guy we need around the commune, actually, to keep people away from the tire where we keep, I cannot stress enough, keep the two existing plates. Listen, no, no, he's not going to need the assault rifle <laughs> because no one's going to wander that close. Because you don't have any food. So no one needs the plates right now. But, but there will come but, a day. But JR, you're going to need to stockpile a little ammunition, sure, because the food will eventually come. Thank you, lastly but not leastly, to Zach Kingslayer. We'll get this son of a bitch out of my commune. Kingslayer is his second name. And yes, of course, yeah, yada, yada, yada. I said paranormal commune where we're all equals all equal. and no one's the king. But technically, legally... I am a king. On paper? Sure. For sure. This crown isn't made of wood. It's made of gold and two plates. That's right. I have taken the plates and I have... <laughs> You're not in this. The tire's a decoy at this point. <laughs> so I don't need to be killed. I don't need anyone taking my 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 plate hat. Everyone's like, Roy, no one believed they were ever in the tar. We can see the plates on your head. Thank you to everyone we have shouted out and everyone we are yet to shout out. We are getting through our list of shout outs slowly but surely. Thanks for sticking with us. We will be back next week, of course, with a brand new paranormal tale. Until then, see you next week. Bye bye.
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, (laughs) you, you were different. Like you were real different. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Acast.com.